0: The Suns, who, uh, you know, they're uh, up against it at this point. Down 0-2 against the top-seeded Nuggets. And Chris Paul down with the groin injury from last night. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Mo DeKeele of uh, Bleacher Report and also The Athletic. And, Mo, good to have you. Let's start with the Nuggets. Uh, they're up 2-0. What to you has most stood out in these first two games?
1: Just the, the, the lack of help the Suns have. You know, you said it when, when, when you were bringing it up, just oof. <laughs> you know, the, the that kind of th- just shows you, like, there's are so there's such a depleted roster, which, by the way, everybody's going to relitigate. Stupid. You make the move for KD, you figure it out from there, and you understand that this season you're going to have uh, a, a short rotation. It's just none of the guys have come through. Torrey Craig's not hitting shots the way he was in the first round. Uh, Josh Akogi – I mean, played scared at moments, and was there's literally a play where he was in the lane, had a wide open look, got scared, and kicked it out to KD. Yeah. You have a lot of guys, and and a, a lot of guys that are playing minutes that are not NBA playoff level guys, and I think that's really just the thing that stood out. And then on top of it, the Nuggets are really good. We've ignored <laughs> them all year. And now everybody's shocked when they go, oh, these Nuggets are good. Yeah, we've been trying to tell you, this is a very good Nuggets basketball team that can win the championship, and that's who the the Suns are up against.
0: Chris Paul, obviously not the Hall of Fame level player he once was. Uh, If he isn't able to play in Friday's Game 3, how should the Suns try to proceed?
1: I mean, I think they're going to have to put Booker on the ball more and play more of a playmaking role, and that's a little bit difficult because you're already so light on scoring, and you've already taxed Booker so much with everything that he has to do for this team. I think the um, I think they got to put him in there. I think at times they got to think about, hey, we might need to try to just play a little bigger, and 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 you know, playing small is not going to work out for them because they don't have the bodies. I thought, you know, uh, they they. Going to have to just figure something out. The answers are very slim. I'm very – Cameron Payne's going to probably start and play the point guard role, and I feel bad for Suns fans. That's not going to be good. That's just not going to be good. And I think that's one of those things. You saw it in the game yesterday. He took a bunch of shots that he probably shouldn't have been taking, and now he's going to have to play major minutes. Like It's just a real difficult situation, Bob. I, I don't even know how much more you could pivot if you're the Suns.
0: Kevin Durant he hasn't been efficient he had uh, seven turnovers in game 1 was 10 out of 27 in game 2 how much of this has been durant how much of it's been aaron gordon and even god forbid sometimes michael porter junior was on him last night more than a, more than a couple of times
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's the defense you know some of its kd missing shots and some of them were open looks that he would normally make and and things like that and and him missing some of those shots the turnovers are is is I think the defense just saying, Hey, we don't have to guard these other guys. A buddy of mine sent me a a, a screenshot of one of KD's shots today. He had three Nuggets defenders on him. <laughs> like they're just not they will live with Landry Shamit being wide open. They'll live with Tory Craig, anybody out there. They will make sure they put bodies on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And that extra attention at a certain point, as great as those two guys are, it's really hard to score over two NBA players, let alone three at this point. And I just think it's, it's kind of sunk here.
0: You mentioned you know, possibly going big. Um, can, is, is that the one thing that Monty Williams, that, that he can try? Is, or is there really kind of, is he kind of run out of stuff here?
1: Let me just put it to you this way when you're at this point where you're trying to go big you're at the end of the road of <laughs> what you have left <laughs> and I think that's unfortunate it's in that instance you know playing Lawndale with Aiton or or Bismack Biambo with Aiton uh is is an extreme thing I'm sure somebody was listening when I said that and said this guy's crazy at this point nothing's worked so you might as well just try everything and see if by any chance you can kind of just catch the nuggets off guard or anything like that but the other thing too and this has been really important in this series, and and it's going to be important for the Nuggets the whole way through, they're winning the minutes when Jokic goes to the bench.
0: Yeah. Well, Mo, you still there? Okay, we lost Mo. I mean, I understand good timing, I guess, or bad timing depending on your viewpoint. They are winning the minutes when Jokic has gone to the bench. That's happened in two straight games. Part of that is because the Suns' bench has been on the game at that point and the Suns' bench has been atrocious, and we'll get to that here at some strategical point. Hopefully we can catch up with, uh, re- you know, reconnect with Mo here in a moment or two. But um, basically, at this point, I'll have more on this series in the next segment, needless to say, during the local roundup. But you know, d- dare I even suggest that the Suns might be able to come back in this series? They are playing two games at home. We just saw a series in the last round where, you know, the home team won the first two games, and obviously the Sacramento Kings unable to put away the Warriors as they lost their last two home games in that series. Sacramento did to Golden State. Uh, So I'm not even sure, you know, at this point, uh, you know, other than the home court advantage and the three days off and uh, the Chris Paul situation, I'm not really sure what the Suns, can actually do at this point to try to uh, make this a series. So another game last night, actually, I'll get to the Warriors and the Lakers here momentarily as we try to you know, reconnect with Mo. That didn't sound good when he, when he left our airwaves there. Oh, we have Mo back. Okay. Uh, so last question on this series, Mo. Good to have you back on on, on the show here. Uh, dare, dare I ask, do the Suns come back in this series?
1: I, I mean, we've seen it happen with the Warriors come back on the Kings, kind of in this instance, but I just don't think they can. They just don't have the firepower. And, and if Chris Paul's going to miss games at this point, I, I just can't find a way for them to win this series. I don't see a path for them.
0: Talking with Mo DeKeele Bleacher Report in uh, The Athletic. All right, so Warriors and Lakers in a play of series for the first time since uh, during the Steph Curry era here. Uh, speaking of Steph, the historic 50-point Game 7, including several takes to the rim off the dribble in that game. How has Steph changed his game over the years, and could the Kings, or should they, and could they have done anything differently on Sunday?
1: I think for, when we look at Steph's game, we always just focus on the shooting, but I think we forget about how amazing of a ball handler he is. Um, I did a video earlier in the season called uh, One Mo Thing, a segment I do weekly, and it was on Steph's ball handling and the way he kind of manipulates defenders and things like that. And his finishing at the rim was phenomenal in this series. And I think that was uh, eye opening there. And I think, I mean, Steph's one of the best ever. Um, forget top 10. I think he might be somewhere in the top five. But when we talk about what the Kings could have done in this series, I think Mike Brown fell in love a little bit with the small lineup that won them game six. And I think that had a very short lifespan and he stayed with that too long in Game 7, and they got dominated on the offensive glass. And then on top of that, they got really not enough from DeMontis Sabonis bonus in this series. This is the guy that carried you through the regular season. He's going to end up fifth on some people's MVP ballots because that's how good of a season he had. But he did not provide what he needed to in the playoffs, and I think it's going to begin to create some questions of, is he a playoff-type player? And you know can he actually produce for us in the playoffs? I think... For the Kings, they need to start figuring that stuff out. And then they just ended up sticking with Terrence Davis way too long.
0: So, looking ahead here, Lakers and Warriors. uh, How do Lakers match up, or how will they try to match up against Curry starting tonight in San Francisco?
1: I imagine they're going to start with Vanderbilt on him. And and then I think you're going to see a good amount of Austin Reeves on him as well. Uh, At times, maybe Malik Beasley. And I'm just going to give everybody a newsflash. None of that's going to matter to Steph Curry. Uh, it's, it's not going to make a difference. He's he's too good. And and those guys, you know, I think Vanderbilt's a good defender. I think at times he's, he chases too hard, he's too aggressive and, and things like that. And I think, you know, Curry's going to put him into tough situations with all of that stuff. I think those are the issues. And then the Warriors are going to target D'Angelo Russell. They're going to go at him in a way – they know he's a weak league defensively. They're going to put him in every action they possibly can to have him have to try to defend, you know, and with all that stuff. So I think that's difficult. I think they're going to have a hard time with Kavon Looney. I think Davis, as good as he was in that first season or first round, I think it's uh, Kavon Looney has really shown himself to be a really underrated defensive player in the NBA. And I think he's going to give Davis a lot of problems just because of how strong he is and how physical he is. It's going to be a real interesting series but i think it's a very tough one for the lakers
0: so what's the most difficult matchup in this series for the warriors
1: this guy lebron james i don't know if you've heard of him um I, I, I think the yeah. thing with Le- <laughs> he kind of floats around every day you've heard whispers um every, every yeah. now and then um, <laughs> you know but i think LeBron's a tough one for them, you know, and I think it's going to be, if you put Andrew Wiggins on him, he's too strong for Wiggins. He's too too big for Klay Thompson. You put Draymond on him, he's going to take him onto the outside, and I think that's an interesting matchup, but I think LeBron actually wins that matchup on the outside more often than not. And I think the one thing, this is the one thing that I say for the Lakers that, that goes in their favor really well in this series. There's probably nobody LeBron wants to beat more right now than the Golden State Warriors. From his series in the Cleveland years and all of that stuff, I think this is a, a, a moment for LeBron, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just absolutely gives them everything he possibly can throughout this series.
0: Is he physically capable of, you know, not necessarily dominating, but being consistently good from game to game? Because we didn't exactly see that in the Memphis series.
1: Yeah, it comes down to, I think at times in the Memphis series, LeBron would just kind of survey the field and go, and like, hmm. I don't need to try that hard. I can give you 67% today, and we'll be fine. Um, and I think that's kind of the the thing there. I think – I don't know he can dominate an entire series anymore, and that's even if he was fully healthy. You've got to remember he still has that foot injury. I think he can be consistently good, but the problem is for the Lakers, they need him to be pretty consistently great, I think, in this series. And I think that's going to be the, the real thing we got to watch for throughout this as this series unfolds.
0: Okay, so who wins the series?
1: I think the Warriors win it. I think they, they win this one maybe in six games. Uh, I think that's who I'm looking at.
0: Talking with Moe DeKeele of the Athletic and Bleacher Report. Okay, in the East, James Harden, a flashback offensive performance last night. How, how did that happen?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe he needs to go to Vegas in between series more often. Um, This was a uh, a, a very interesting thing. I think one thing, though, is the court was a lot more open without Joel Embiid. There was more space for him to kind of attack and and, and really get going. But James just turned back the clock. I mean, I don't have an answer. I'm going to be fascinated to see if he can do that again is really the question I want to know. He's a lot older now. He's, like me, packed on a few more pounds. Um I, I want to see if he can, can can continue that performance right there and, and, and keep that going because if there's no Joel Embiid, they're going to need that every time to win against the Celtics.
0: The Celtics struggled to put the Hawks away. Last night they couldn't get a stop. What's happened to the Celtics, especially at the defensive end of the floor here?
1: You know, the Celtics are probably one of the more perplexing teams in the playoffs. Like I think when you look at them, They shouldn't have lost game five to the Hawks. This this thing should have never gone six games. I don't even think it should have gone five in the first place. I think they have a tendency to let down and play to their level of competition. They heard no Joel Embiid, and I think they lowered their guard a little bit. And I think that opened up the opportunity for the Sixers to kind of come in there. They have all the talent. You know, It, it doesn't make much sense when you look at it. This is the same team they had last year. And they've made improvements with Malcolm Brogdon as well, who's also a pretty good defender. They've given themselves excuses in the sense that they just don't rise to the level when they need to. And I think that's a massive problem. And something that's given me serious misgivings when you look at how the playoffs have played out. Teams are not taking their opponents seriously. We've seen them get knocked out of the playoffs. I don't think Philly is going to beat Boston in this series. But I think it's a question for me going forward in the playoffs. And I look at Boston going like, are you guys really going to step up? this is your time right now this is the easiest road you're going to have to the finals in a long time are you going to blow this and i think there's a real possibility they might
0: Knicks heat game two tonight Uh, i guess this is the bad ankle series with butler and randall and brunson (laughs) all listed as questionable on monday first up what should we take out of game one and what do the Knicks need to do differently assuming at least brunson plays uh what do they need to do differently in game two
1: yeah, I think they need to continue to be aggressive and relentlessly attack the paint. And I think that's something they laid off a little bit. They dominated the first half in the paint. They really crushed the heat by getting in dribble penetration and as the heat in the second half adjusted and said, "Cool, we're going to pack the paint and beat us on the out- beat- have you beat us from the outside," which the Knicks have not been capable of doing. It they fell in love with, like, we have to make these threes, we have to make these threes, and they stopped penetrating as hard as they could. They need to get better offensive looks. They need to get more motion in their offense, which is something Tibbs doesn't really do. So it's, I'm, I'm probably asking for a little bit of a miracle here in that instance. But I think they need to get the defense moving before they attack, and that's something they weren't doing in Game 1 that they need to do in Game 2. And, of course, if they can hit A3, that'd go a long way for them. <laughs>
0: Because of all the injuries, I'm having a tough time handicapping tonight, let alone a series. You want to, want to try to help me out here?
1: <laughs> well, I'll put it to you this way. If Jimmy's going to play, I'm always going to bet on Jimmy. <laughs> even even hampered. He's a psychopath, Bob. And I mean that in the nicest term you could possibly <laughs> – the nicest way you can call somebody a psycho, that's Jimmy Butler. You know, and I think that's kind of the uh, case we're looking at with him. So – if Jimmy's going to play, I'm going to go with him. I don't think Randall fixes the problems for the Knicks if he comes back. Obviously, if Jalen Brunson doesn't play, the Knicks are in a massive line.
0: Mo, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, have fun. Thanks.
1: Uh, thanks, Bob. Thank
0: you. Our pleasure. Mo Dekeel of Bleacher Report and also The Athletic. And uh, check out Mo on Twitter and all the uh, Mo Keel adventures in the world of basketball.